My job is to give you a perspective of what I believe. My job is to show you where my values are. My job is to tell you what I offer. My job is to give a different perspective. If you align with that, fantastic. If you don't, fantastic, right? Like it doesn't really matter, but my job is not to influence you. It's not to go into your domain or your circle of power and manipulate you to make a decision. That shouldn't be what any sales is about and that shouldn't be what any marketing is about. I'm Sonia Statman and you're listening to Women in the Business Arena. Over the last 20 years, I've had the honor of working with thousands of women in business. During that time, I have been obsessed with finding a new way to operate business. One that eliminates hustle, supports ease, aligns with our values, and gives us a sustainable pathway to change the world. This podcast shares with you some of the lessons I've learned along the way. The conversations we have here are intimate, honest, and enlightening. It's like hanging out with friends who also happen to be pretty amazing business owners. Here we challenge what the world says business has to be to trailblaze a path of our own. Are you ready? Here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. We are having an amazing season of busting business myths. Why is this season important? Why is it important to bust business myths? Because so often our success or lack of success sometimes is based on the fact that we have bought into a bunch of BS. And so we're here to, you know, really unpack all of that, shed light on what's true and what's not true. And I'm really excited for today's myth busting. We are going to bust the myth that you have to convince coerce or manipulate people to buy from you or to keep buying from you, right? Because it's not always just the one time. It's like we're still believing that we have to convince people to keep buying from us. So I've got my amazing co-host, Laura Shook Guzman, here with me today. What do you think, Laura, about this myth? (laughs) I do think it's a pervasive myth, and I think it holds a lot of people back from finding joy in connecting with their ideal clients and being able to provide their service or their product yes, because of this fear of coming across in those ways that we associate sort of that dishonest, manipulative, slimy. It's just so much of that has been what we've, I don't know. And you can tell us more, you know, where do we pick that up? Mm. It's, it's just really interesting how that whole, uh, just the whole thing of, of sales. When I work with my founder clients as well, even just when we're talking more about their mental health, but as soon as we talk about like what's stressing them out in their businesses, often it's just like, well, I don't do sales. I don't do sales well. And I love every aspect about my business except for that part. And it's so important, but I just don't like it. It makes me feel weird. It makes me feel you know, manipulative. And, and so I just hear it over and over and over again. And what comes to mind is like, this is such a sad thing that we feel this block because so many times entrepreneurs have amazing solutions that they're bringing to people. And so I'd love to have more people feel good about sharing that. 
Yes, 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 yes. And you know, it's so funny because I recently redid all my sales and marketing training and I talked about how there's this idea of what we feel about sales, right? That really gets in the way of our ability to do it. But truthfully, 50% of our business is about sales, right? So 50% is about delivering a service or product. The other 50% of our business is about receiving something for that service or product. But we we have so much shame and so much fear and, and so much, you know, worry about sales that we actually cut off 50% of our business, right? There's no equal exchange of energy. And so this is such an important topic. And I think that a lot of our listeners are, you know, they're not the ones out there convincing, coercing, and manipulative, you know, in terms of their sales and marketing, but they believe you have to be. And so they hold back on sales and marketing because they're afraid that the only way they can succeed is if they convince, right? If they convince people, if they coerce people, if they manipulate people, And so that perpetuation of that idea definitely stops so many amazing women from, you know, boosting up that other 50% of their business. Because why are we in business if not to make money, right? If not to make an equal exchange. Of course, we're in business for impact. Of course, we're in business because we care. And also because we should be open to receiving the amazing exchange for all that we're giving, all that we're putting into it. And so I think when we take care of this myth, when we understand that it is a myth, it's not true, that is a huge game changer for our businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And it really does take sort of this honest, candid conversation, like when people start to say, I really feel slimy. I really feel, you know, inauthentic because I know this is where you dive in and really unpack that with them and be like, what is this? Is this really you? Are you afraid of being you? Are you afraid because you're putting on some kind of role that isn't even necessary? You're playing some kind of persona, right? Yes. So what do you think is that biggest, like what, where's the, where's the biggest, I guess, obstacle Mm. that people are facing, entrepreneurs are facing when they kind of know that it's okay. Like, okay, I've been told that sales are good, but that they can't make that mindset shift. Yeah. Well, I think it, it's one of the reasons why for me, it's very important when I'm going, you know, working with my clients and doing the sales and marketing stuff that I talk about the reframe. I think it's actually super important to reframe sales and marketing, right? So part of the, I mean, obviously there's mindset stuff, there's money stuff to unpack, right? I do money mindset work as well because that is something to unpack. But let's talk about the reframing because when we look at sales in a different way, it we stop fearing it, right? When we don't see it as a method to have to convince or course or manipulate people, when we don't look at it as spammy, when we don't look at it as like there's this, this thing we have to do to people, then it changes actually the whole structure of it. And so instead of fearing it, we can embrace it, right? So, you know, one of the core pieces that I think is really important is that when I look at marketing and I specifically, 
advocate for ethical marketing is that this is when we treat people like they're sovereign beings, right? Like they're grown-ups that can make decisions for themselves. We don't have to do all of these, you know, fake things to get them to buy from us. You know, we don't have to do charm pricing. If you don't know what charm pricing is, that's like where you do $2.99 versus $300, right? Like who, you know, people aren't dumb, right? <laughs> you know, like like we, we think that like, oh, well, this person won't know the difference between $2.99 and $300, right? There's this, this kind of idea and it diminishes the sovereignty of someone like it doesn't it doesn't hold them as you know amazing beings that once they have all the information that we can give them they're able to make a very you know profound decision for themselves right that they can use their own gut they can use their own intuition and make a decision instead we have all these other things like scarcity and FOMO and you know we put timeline pressures and we do value ladders right there's all these things that we do that we've been taught are the way to do sales or the way to do marketing and they they really are steeped in this idea that we have to educate people in how to buy from us instead of being instead of the the sort of ethical marketing idea which is that people are very smart people are totally capable of making their own decisions they just need data they just need clean honest data so they know what we're offering and they know what the opportunity is and they know what the value is and then they can totally make the decision for themselves without manipulation Yes. So then it's safe to say that part of this myth has been perpetuated by some of those practices that are rooted in that manipulation. And it's really interesting to me, you know, when people will talk about, oh, but like the psychology of it, yeah. the psychology. I'm just oh. like, wait a minute, what kind of psychology are we talking about? And like that's yes. putting a big, like a bad name on psychology because Often what they're talking about is they're looking for those things like you were saying, oh, the eye goes here or the 299 gives this impression of something, you know, and it's, it's this trying to understand um, human behavior and human motivation, but from a place that is um, manipulative at its root of like you were saying, not really treating the buyer as this educated person that can make their own decisions, but the one you have to coerce or convince or shift, you know, into buying and that we can really shed that if that's been what you've learned or what you've thought is the way to go and understand there's a whole nother way, ethical marketing that is based in ICU as someone who needs a product or a service, I happen to be this person who has this product or service. So let's see if we're a match right. and let me just make it super clear what I have. And if you like that, then great. Like That's then right. we're a match. And if not, then okay. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it's just so much misunderstanding that we have because, you know, in all honesty, there isn't very many people teaching ethical marketing or ethical sales. Like, really, there isn't. And I know because I've been through enough sales and marketing courses. And so, you know, it's funny because when people are coming through my course, they're like, wow, the, the, there's ideas here I've never even heard of. And I'm like, yes, because there's this whole kind of perpetuation of unethical marketing out in the world. And we treat people like they're 
you know, not smart, right? Like we treat people like they're dumb. We, we you know, we're, we feel like we have to convince. And, you know, the same thing is things with like influencing, right? I hate that word in the marketing field, influencing, you know, which is all about, you know, I have to somehow influence you to make a decision, right? That's not my job. My job as a sales and marketing person or my job as a business owner is not to influence you, right? My job is to give you a perspective of what I believe. My job is to show you where my values are. My job is to tell you what I offer. My job is to give a different perspective. If you align with that, fantastic. If you don't, fantastic, right? Like it doesn't really matter, but my job is not to influence you. It's not to go into your domain or your circle of power and manipulate you to make a decision. That shouldn't be what any sales is about and that shouldn't be what any marketing is about. Mm, Yes, yes. I'm going to do have like some some little hand waving up here that nobody can see, but um, yes, yes. And I, and I mean, it's just refreshing too, as a business owner, if you've always thought that you were going to have to become that in order to do your sales and marketing, we've got some good, good news here. You don't have to be that old version or what you've always thought sales and marketing to be. You can really step in. And I know that for me, that this has changed my you know, consultations in, in a lot of ways, like the way that I show up is very much, um, well, I know what I'm worth and I know that I'm experienced and I know what I have to offer. And so this client's either going to feel like this is a good fit for them and I have what they need, or they're going to go somewhere else. And just, it's almost like taking off the pressure, like when you're not trying to convince yes. or manipulate or shift and you just show up, it's actually a lot more enjoyable, yeah. you know, and I know yeah. for me, it's a service-based business. So I'm not trying to show all the different, you know, ways in which a product could benefit you. I'm just really showing, this is me. This is what I do. This is my background. This is how we work together. This is what that would look like. And if that sounds great, then we can move forward. And if not, then that's okay. And I think that since then, my, um, just to talk a little sales speak, like my conversion's probably 90%, yeah. you know, just because by the time people end up in that place with me, they've already looked at all the things to find out if they do think I'm a good fit. And then we just show up two human beings together, feeling it out. Yes. And then moving forward. Yes. I love sales calls. Like, and you know, uh, so many of my clients come in hating sales and then they love sales calls after they're done. And it's because, you know, first of all, you know, just to give you some specifics about sales, right? Sales calls are not about closing people, right? That's not what we've been taught. We've been taught that it's about closing people and that we did something wrong if they say no. That is not the point of a sales call. The point of a sales call is, is this the best fit for me? Am I a best fit for them? It's, It's really the sorting of best fit, not best fit. And it's about communication. So there's really, you're really clearly connecting the dots between what you're offering and what they need and want, assuming that you are even offering something that they need and want. I mean, one of the processes, like I teach a sales script, I teach a sales process. 
And, you know, I teach the psychology behind it, not in manipulation, but just in helping people unpack what they actually need and want, right? So many of us don't even know what we need and want, right? But asking someone questions, deep listening, holding space, being present with them, like doing all the things you're probably doing in your practice, doing that in a sales call is actually what unfolds this beautiful process of them coming to clarity, right? Not because you've told them what they should and shouldn't do. Not because you've manipulated them, but by asking the right questions, by listening to them, you unfold this process in someone that helps them clarify what they need and want. And then at the end of that process, if if you can even offer something that is like absolutely the right fit, then you might say, hey, I think I could help you. Would you like to know more about what I offer? right? That's it. You put that power back in their court, right? That's the beauty of really doing a sales process that's effective. There is a part of responsibility on us, which is learning to clearly communicate, learning to ask the right questions, learning to do the things that will help them get all the data they need in order to make a decision, right? But none of that is manipulating them or influencing them or coercing them. And none of it is about getting them to say yes. Yes. I love that. It's an informed decision. It's like showing up with intention, providing information so they can make an informed decision. And the more that you do that authentically, you show up in your full expression, then they're able to get that more quickly. Yes. How do I show up? I think that's a really important point, actually, because I feel like when we're talking about this myth, right, the idea that we have to convince, coerce, or manipulate people, it's like we're showing up as predators in a way, right? We're showing yeah. we're showing up at this like, you know, as these unethical people already our intention is not clean. But when we show up to be present, when we show up to hold a space for someone, when we show up to offer clarity on what we're offering and how we might be able to help them, when we deep listen in those sales calls, when we're really connected to the people around us, that is who I want to show up with. And that, in my opinion, is what creates a much more successful business. Completely. And, you know, what's really interesting is I have been in some calls where I start to recognize the strategy. Like I've been in some situations where I'm like, okay, I already said at this point, I kind of started to, to acknowledge that maybe this wasn't a good fit, or maybe I'm not ready to make that financial investment. And then I could pretty much predict like their next, you know, response like there. And that's when I know I'm like, uh, uh, like this is not going to work. Cause I know that you're following some sort of plan or some sort of strategy that doesn't feel authentic. Like I want someone talking to me in real time, not following one of the, Oh, if they say this and then, you know, which is not what I, not the same as what you were saying is like, you help people with sort of, um, preparing a script and being able to be prepared. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing. But you know what I'm talking about, yes. right? When it's like, open this door and then say this and then open this door and then say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they're not present. And this is the thing is that if you're not present with people during this process, right, and really listening to them, then you're not catching the things that are important for you to highlight. For instance, that they might not even be right for you. I mean, the way that I teach my client sales is if they get, you know, three quarters of the way through the call and they realize the person's like, they're not the best fit for them or the person's not the best fit for them. So either way, if on either side, it's not the best fit. 
I tell them that's when you stop the call and you say, you know what? I don't feel like we're a good fit and I'm not going to go any further. You don't even offer what you have to offer until you've determined that it's the best fit. Because then it's just you're just trying to sell someone. If if you get someone who you know is not a good fit or you know you're not really the best fit for what they need next and you offer them your program anyway or you offer them your service anyway, that's unethical. Yes. Yes. And also just the timing of things. Like sometimes I know that I'm working, I'm talking to someone who's just not quite ready to make the commitment to therapy or they're not quite ready for the financial investment. You know, they needed to talk to me to find out, well, how often do you suggest I come and what does that financial investment look like? And then they might be like, oh, I just can't make that happen right now. And whenever that happens, I'm able to just say, well, I'm here. You know, if you if things change, if you want to ask more questions, if there's anything like I'm always here. And I had that recently happen to me where I was on the other end of that. And this person was really great, but I just was not feeling that this was the time in my business to make that investment on that particular service. And it had nothing to do with that person. I loved her, but I was like, yeah, I'm just not quite ready. In the way that she really met me there in just complete understanding and still followed up with this really great follow-up and with some resources for me, that when I was ready, she was the first person on my list, on the top of my list, because it was the way that she met me, like you were saying, just showed up, heard me, really resonated, and then just like, oh, okay, yes, completely understand, and I'm here when you need me. And then when I needed her, I made a huge investment in her to help me with that thing, because it was the way that she respected me and held that time together, you know? So I think that people sometimes underestimate the relationship building that is happening as we connect and as we are doing sales, it's this ongoing relationship and they might not be a client right here in the moment, but if they feel that connection, I think this you know, I've heard this compared to um, like the storefront owners of the past where it was like, you know, you know, that relationship where you are the regular, you come in and that person is like, Hey, you know, good to see you. And you just always feel seen and you feel like, Oh, this business owner sees me and appreciates me. Then you just keep coming back to them, you know, or you come to them when you need to buy that big thing. And you don't need to always buy it every day, but you're going to come to them when the need arises. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, to kind of split a few hairs off of this myth as well, like, you know, one of the things I talked about this myth is we feel we have to convince people to buy from us. So let's talk about just that convincing piece, right? Which is, you know, it that is so rooted in this idea that if we just show up as ourselves, if we're really honest about we, what we can and can't do, that somehow that's not enough. Right. So we still have this idea that we're not enough rooted in almost every myth we've talked about this season. And I think it's here too. What do you think about that piece, Laura? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so much of just being able to get centered in our own worth and centered in what we're bringing to the table is just like cutting through all of the what's the words that you've like cutting through all of the noise. Yeah. The the cutting through the noise. There's another word I'm looking for. I'm totally missing. It's like cutting through the noise, cutting through the hoopla, (laughs) cutting through all all of the the inauthentic um, parts that can really send people, you know, running from your website or from you or from this. It's just like centering in yourself. What am I here 
to do? What am I here to bring? How am I benefiting this person in this conversation or through the delivery of what I have to offer? Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes the reason, you know, obviously we have the indoctrination piece where we're taught to convince, coerce, and manipulate, right? But also a lot of times we think we have to do that because for one, we're not really reaching out to the right people, right? Our ideal, our best fit client, as I like to label it, you know, that best fit client is really important to determine because we, we have to, you know, I guess we have to, in quotes, manipulate people who aren't a good fit for us. Because, you know, if they're if they're not a good fit, we're having to move them over the line, right? We're having to drag them over the line instead of like when we really meet someone in all honesty with who we are and what we're about and we have an alignment of values and the other person is the best fit client, there's no need to do any of that manipulation or coercion because it's like there's a match, And that's what we're really looking for. But we've been taught that somehow we have to go after all of these people who are not our best fit client so that, you know, and to do that, we've got to convince them and manipulate them and somehow drag them over the line. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and I know it's different per industry and kind of, you know, for some people they're scaling a lot and and so they need more and more customers or more and more products sold. But, you know, for me, it's just remembering that my ideal client is, I'm very clear on who that is. And I can only, there's only so many people that I can work with, or there's only so many people in that big pie that I need to connect with. So that big net, you know, throwing the big net or just spending all your time in social, on social media, is just so exhausting and it's so ineffective to really work with the people that I want to work with. And I think that just being able to, for me, often when I'm looking at building a new program, it's going to my existing or, or previous clients and just telling them who already know me and trust me, like what the new program is, you know, what the new offer is. It's not always going out and selling to new people. This goes back to what I said about relationship building. It's like, if I already have relationships where people trust me, then when I have something new, then they want to hear from me and they're excited to hear what I have to offer. It doesn't feel manipulative or coercive at all. Right. And I think it is about where we're coming from. And, and, you know, we've just been taught all the wrong tactics, right? For instance, you know, if you have a one-on-one business like what you have, or even if you have you know, a high-end kind of group program, you don't really need marketing, right? That's a that's a whole myth in and of itself that we've been taught is that we we have to have marketing. Marketing is actually kind of irrelevant for you. It, it's better for you to focus on sales. It's better for you to, to build relationships. It's better for you to use very strategic sales practices than to be out there throwing that big net, as you were saying, and trying to like get people in when really that's not going to be very effective for you. But we've been taught that that's what we have to do, that no matter where you are in your business, especially like starting out, that what you should be doing is like, opening this net. You should be convincing people how great you are. You should be pretending you're the expert. You should be, you know, all of these different things, which are all manipulative techniques. But that's what we've been sold. That's what we've been taught. But it's a lie. It's not actually very effective. You know, being honest and being ethical is so much more effective. Standing in your values and communicating what you care about, right? Being really bold in that communication. That draws to you the people who really align with who you are. And those people will want to work with you. Whereas the more we 
like don't become ourselves. And that's what I see a lot is people put on these sales and marketing hats, as I like to call them. And it's like they're a different person instead of recognizing that if you were just more of yourself, you'd actually attract more people. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I think that the way that you interact with people in that moment, especially service providers, if you're on a sales call or, you know, getting that connection, how you show up for them, like you said this earlier, so I'm just going to underline it. You know, the way that you show up for them in that moment, when you provide value right then and there by just being present and being authentic, they can feel that. And, and if you know your worth and you show up in that confident way, it just feels so different than if I'm, you know, on a call with someone who I can tell is not really confident in what they're offering yep. because they're, tr- then they have to bring out all the tricks, you know, <laughs> then they have to, they have to convince me. That is the difference. Like when I'm on the call with somebody who I know they are so confident in what they have to provide or sell or a product that there's just no convincing. They're just educating. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't need to convince you. I'm just going to educate you because once you understand this, then it's, you're most likely just going to want to have it or you're going to want to work with me, you know? And it's just really clear. And I, I think I just want to then encourage this back, goes back to the reframe is Allow yourself to just understand that reframe that the more that I am confident in what I'm selling, what I'm offering, they can feel that. And that's all I'm doing is showing up, educating them, and then letting that sale happen organically. And that feels great for both parties. It does. And I'm going to take it even a step further because, you know, what's interesting about the sales call, right? Is that if you're doing a lot of the talking, right? Including, you know, some of that educating that sometimes we can get into the habit of. If you're doing most of the talking, most likely you're not going to create the ideal sale. But if they're doing most of the talking and your attention is on them and your attention is focused on their needs and what they're saying, then you are more likely to have an ideal sale. This is a subtle thing that we haven't really been taught because we, we've been taught that it's about us in a way, right? That it's about us convincing them. It's about us showing them how great we are or how great our program is or how great our service is. And yes, confidence is key. And we, it, the call, the sales call, and really a lot of what we do in order to connect with people is about them. It's about asking them, you know, what they need. It's about listening to the, their, their needs. It's about asking the right questions so that you really unfold. It's like you have the attention on them. And, you know, I had someone the other day, we were, we were actually in my group, and they were talking about how, how do you get someone to trust you? Right. Especially Mm -hmm. if you're newer or especially if maybe you don't have the confidence, you know, like full confidence, you know, how do you get people to trust you? And I said, you listen to them. You pay attention to them. You put your attention on them. That that trust that's built by your care, by your attention, by your deep listening, that is worth more than every single, you know, kind of expertise you try to show them. And so I think that's a really important thing to note as well. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. And I, and I'm just, I'm so, you know, just reflecting in my own, I own experience, the more that I feel like I have to show up to and perform the more anxious I am, you know, yet when I really, and I have to use this in, um, 
even with client sessions, like as a therapist, sometimes you can get caught up feeling like I need to fix this problem. I need to be able to help them figure this out. And that is never good for me or the client. Yet when I just take a deep breath, notice that anxiety and my desire to want to help, and then just sit back and breathe and hold space and become super present, then things begin to unfold magically, you know, because we are two human beings showing up and sharing the space and just that sitting back and listening and making more space and being more present. And that's really, really important on this topic that we're having is just what you said, just listen, receive, get curious, right? I wonder, I wonder what it would be like to work with this client. I wonder how I might be able to support them. I wonder what's going to come out of this, you know, and just staying really curious and present. That's a lot more fun. It's a lot more rewarding. And I think a lot more effective. It completely is. And, you know, I think too, for a lot of people who resist, you know, selling things, right. And, And they're afraid to sell, you know, once they shift the way they look at this, once they realize they don't have to convince anyone, they don't have to coerce, manipulate, they literally can just show up as themselves, they can just be relaxed, they can just hold space for someone. I think once that reframe happens, it really changes the way they're invested in their business, right? It changes the results too. It's so much easier to create a sale. It's so much easier to do what needs to be done to get that 50%, you know, equal exchange. And it's all because you've changed the way you look at it and you know so so sometimes we can I think undervalue you know a reframe you can think oh reframing's nice that's great but really reframing is a big deal in something like this when so much of our resistance is because of the framework we've been taught yes 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 yeah but this is why these conversations are so helpful because it's pulling back the veil and looking a little bit more acutely at like, why do we think that ways, why, you know, this is why I like about the whole busting of myths. Why are we thinking this way? Because most likely there might be another story under there, another reality. (laughs) Yes. I love these topics and we're going to be talking about more sort of threads of this, you know, in the coming season. But, you know, I think the biggest thing I hope everyone takes, takes away from this conversation is that, you know, you never need to convince a course or manipulate. You never need to do spammy marketing. You never need to feel uncomfortable with your process of sales and marketing. Now, of course, we have to work through our own mindset stuff and all the things that come up for us individually. But the tactics you use, the strategies you you use, there are strategies and tactics that are very clean and ethical and that empower both you and the person you're connected with. Yes, I agree. Thank you, Sonia, for this reminder to be present, be open and show up authentically in your business for some good things to happen. Yes, I love that. Thanks, Laura. And thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week. So what did you think about the show? Ethical sales and marketing is such an important business topic, and it isn't talked about enough in most business circles. One of the reasons I created the Worthy Women Collective is to create a business group that is aligned with ethical practices. We talk about how to create financial success in our business without compromising our values, how to put people before profit, 
without foregoing profit. If you constantly find yourself feeling like you can either stay true to yourself or make money, you need to check out The Collective. Just head over to worthywomencollective.com. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, stay true to yourself.